tell me where in the world is crying in San Diego. Welcome back to another episode of Where in the World is Crime in San Diego. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy Lag Monday. I don't know what you want to call it. It's the day after um, Daylight Savings. savings, And some people like it. Some people don't. I like it. I don't really feel different compared to having an extra hour of sleep, but that's just me. And... I don't know. Maybe someone out there needs an extra two cups of coffee or something. That would be me. <laughs> I'm that someone. Uh, yeah. Let us know how you react. Do you have more energy? Do you have less energy? Are you hurting today like me? Mm-hmm. Or are you thriving like Ader? Um, Happy Halloween or late Halloween. I hope everybody had a safe and happy holiday and got to enjoy all the cute little trick-or-treaters and the wonderful events that were all over the city. Yeah, like we we got busy and and life happens and we had, you know, these plans and these ideas for you guys and you know, we're still going to do them. They're just going to be a little bit delayed. Yeah. Um, but we're happy to be back. And our last episode, we had the kids and special guest Liam show up and do like a little little lighthouse, uh Point Loma lighthouse, which I never knew was haunted. And that's actually really cool local history here in San Diego. So definitely check that out. Um but I am taking the reins for this episode. So this case is pretty special. It was actually sent in by a listener, which thank you guys for sending all recommendations. You guys have no idea how excited we get. Oh, yeah, totally. When you guys get involved with sharing stories and requests, it's amazing. There is a Google form if you want to request one, or you can just DM them into our Instagram page or Facebook. We do go through all our messages, so feel free to send us stuff. And yeah, this case was actually way more interesting than I thought it was going to be based off the headlines. Oh, I totally agree. And yeah. I'm and no- I didn't even get all the details. So <laughs> no. I'm sure there's more to it than what we oh, know. Oh, there, there is. And, um, you know, so we'll we'll jump right into it and then I'll discuss more because uh, the date of this story, it was just wow. So. Uh, Let's first start off with the title for the episode, and it is called Bizarre Love Triangle. Okay. Our sources for this week are Fox 5, Times of San Diego, San Diego Union Tribune, and then we also have, uh, I saw um, Yahoo as well. Okay. Uh, Disclaimers, we do have murder. Uh, we have stabbing, we have domestic violence, and then we also have uh, self-inflicting wound uh, suicide for our disclaimer. Now, before I start, uh, this story broke out on August, or sorry, October 28th of this year, 23. And let's just say that San Diego PD around the county was busy this night. Uh, and I think that's what really kind of makes this a very unique story. Just because San Diego PD and the sheriffs in San Diego and all these you know police departments in San Diego County were super busy. Obviously, it's Halloween weekend and there's house parties, but there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And this one, you know, caught our attention. 
So let's introduce. Uh, so quick for anybody who's a Friends fan, it's also the day that Matthew Perry died, oh, which was right. last Saturday. Yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a big headliner news right there. Yeah, too. there was a lot of things going on on that date. There was a lot of crime. There was a lot of deaths. There was just a lot going on all over the city. Yeah. I think all over the state at some point. Yeah. So it was a impacted date for sure. Definitely. Uh, if you haven't watched uh, Almost Heroes, that's my best uh, Matthew Perry role. I never. I'm not a Friends fr- fan, so somehow I still married you. <laughs> Uh, so let's introduce to you guys James Ernest Miller, who is 64, and his wife, who is 62, which I could not find her name, but it's his wife, who is two years younger. And then we have Robert Morris, who is 58. Now, this is where it gets really strange, because the title, Bizarre Love Triangle, there's so many more details. This came out on August 28th this year so last week so it's still very october fresh, or Octo- i said august my bad october 28th yeah and it's still very fresh but there's a lot of details coming out and it's just like jaw dropping so get ready for this morris was in a relationship with james wife okay okay and he would actually stay at uh, their condo, which is on Pacific Highway, right in the heart of downtown, right on the Embarcadero, the, the Seaport Village, okay, right off of Broadway. And so it's a right in the heart of downtown, oceanfront property. They actually stayed at the Grand South Complex, which is right there. Like, I mean, you can't get any closer. I want to say it's an affluent building or like area to live in oh downtown is not cheap it is not cheap at all okay okay so the night of the 28th of october the three of them actually go out for the evening which is already strange as it is so you have the husband the wife and then your side piece the side piece is sancho or whatever you want to call him right (laughs) yeah sancho so they're they're out doing whatever they're doing so right. were they all three friends? I still can't figure that out. I was I was looking and looking. I couldn't I couldn't find out if they were they knew each other. So I want to say they, they were like friends slash acquaintances. There have to be. Okay. All right. Um so these they come back to the condo on Pacific Highway and it's approximately eleven fifteen. And PM? James PM? PM in, yes, in the evening, yes. And James and his wife are having some kind of argument. And the argument basically is including like their marital affairs with Robert. So all three of them are there and James is going off on his wife. Who knows what's being said, but it's, it's not a quiet conversation because the neighbors can hear all this. So the neighbors call the police and you know, they, they call because there's a fear of like domestic abuse. And through investigation, police found out that uh, James actually did hit his wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hence the domestic violence. Exactly. So then officers are called, you know, for domestic abuse, domestic uh, occurrence at the condo unit at that time, 1115. This is where James leaves the condo unit. And confronts Robert Morris 
in the parking lot garage while his wife flags down a security officer uh, from the condo unit to, to, to try to you know intervene. Ten minutes after 11.15, there is another call about a wounded officer, a security guard in the parking lot for the same complex. So at 11.25 that night. Yes. First responders arrive to find that there is knife wounds to the chest and to the head for James, at James. So James had suffered some kind of, there's something that happened where there was a fight. Occurred. Yeah, he had been injured. He'd been injured. And then the security guard, who was 27 years old and described as a black male, had a knife wound to his arm. And that the wife uh, had contusions to her head. So she had been hit as well in the head. So all three had been injured. All three had been injured. And Robert Morris was never to be, he wasn't, he wasn't there. He was never, he was not found on scene. He actually fled the scene in, in a vehicle. When the officers arrived and paramedics arrived, they attended to, to James, but his wounds are so, were so bad that he actually passed away and died at the scene. Oh, shoot. Okay. So he, he died. The security guard and the wife were sent to the hospital and then later released. So they were like non-threatening injuries. Yes. They weren't, they weren't severe life-threatening ones, so they, they just yeah. you know, they got released. And then this is where investigators are like, okay, let's puzzle everything together. What exactly happened? And then detectives find out that, you know, the, the deceased male, James, and his wife, and also Robert, had that, the relationship. And it was just really, it's already really bizarre as it is. I, I mean, I really don't know how to take it. Where it's like, did he allow it? Were there like swingers? Or there's just all these things that are popping in my head. Like, I'm like, okay, what's. It's not uncommon nowadays to know that they're swinging. I think there. there's two options. Either they were like in a throuple relationship. Oh, yeah, that too. Or he was, she was cheating on her husband with a friend and bringing him along as a friend. And he found out that night that it was more than friends. Hence the reaction. No, I, I didn't even think about that. A trouble. Yeah, definitely true. Well, then again, like, you know, in those kind of relationships, there's jealousy. There's more jealousy in that than, than any other regular one. So, yeah. but investigators find out that uh, James was stabbed multiple times. So this was wasn't just like an accident kind of thing. Like I feel like there was like a little bit of anger into the actual. That lines up with like crimes of passion, where it's like you're so personally and emotionally involved that you're taking out your anger and you like black out lose control. Yeah, like heat of the moment kind of thing where you yeah. just yeah, you like I said you black out, right? Yeah. So now in my head, like you're you're probably thinking, well, where did James go? Right. Or sorry, not James, where did Robert go? So it's the day after, the morning after, October 29th, approximately 8:30 in the morning, and we're down by Dairy Mart Lane which is practically down in TJ, San Isidro, Mexico. You're practically there. It's like the last exit before entering Mexico or yes. one of the last exits. So we're at Dairy, Dairy Mart Lane. 
and at the intersection of Vista Lane and San Isidro, where a person, a pedestrian walking on the side of the street, sees a dark Toyota 4Runner and partial wheel is on the sidewalk. And it's like strange. Like they couldn't park? Well, you know, I mean, you kind of think of maybe it was late night, so probably someone was intoxicated and couldn't really park the car right. So the front right wheel is like kind of low riding it, three wheeling it. Yeah, it's like on the curb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as they approach it, there looks like a small hole in the rear window. And this is where they notify police. And police arrive at the scene. And they see a person in the driver's seat, unresponsive. They investigate. They, you know, approach it. They open the door. It's a deceased man. And it appears to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. This deceased man is none other than Robert Morris himself. Wild. I mean. Yeah, I'm pretty much speechless on that. You're talking about like, what, nine hours ago? Like he had, he was having a, who knows, a a fun night out and stabs James. I guess my question is, he obviously used a weapon on himself that he didn't use at the scene, which means that he went and acquired it after that incident. And therefore, yes. this was planned because he went out of his way to, like, get something that he needed. And I can kind of see where he knew that he was caught on camera, whether it was on security footage or garage cameras or witnesses that saw him in the garage. So he knew the only other way this would end is jail. And between the two, he probably just preferred to make his own choice. And you know what? And it being so fresh that there's just a lot of questions. Like, did he step in and attack James because he was trying to defend the wife? Which, her name is still undisclosed. Right, but for privacy reasons, we'll leave it at the wife. mm -hmm. But it's like, because James beat her. From police reports and their investigation, it was reported that James had... He did physically assault her. Yeah, so that's where she got the bruises from. I don't think Robert uh, attacked her, but I know that James, that's that's why they said that she has these contusions because James James attacked her. But it also depends on Robert and James's relationship. If he felt guilt for hurting his friend or if he felt like he just didn't want to deal with the consequences of what he did and therefore preferred to just make his own choice on his own terms. It could have been different reasons for what he did. We're never going to know. It's it's very difficult. And, and it's, that's this is one thing. of those few cases where you don't really get justice in either way because both families are just hurting. Yeah. Community of people that love that both of them are just hurting and mourning them. What do you mean that? Like the, for the residents in the condo, right? Being that neighbor to have made that phone call to be like stepping in and be like, hey, you know what? This is not right. Something it's getting out of hand out of hand. And then having to realize that, hey, you know what? Your neighbor is is gone. And that per- other person that they're with is gone, too. So it's, it, it happens. It's so impactful. It, it, and it's just like you just you just can't help but feel that you're you're deer in a headlight. Look, 
your jaw just drops to the floor like, oh my gosh. But it is just wild to see that he, Robert decided to go down to Dairy Mart Lane. And this road, I checked it out online. It's a very busy road. There's Oh, it's extremely busy. I grew up in that area. Yeah, like there's apartment complexes right there, right where the sidewalk where he was at. And across this, this other side of the street, it's a shopping center. It's like, you know, you got your supermarkets, you got the Starbucks, there's a, was it Pancho Villa? SCCCU, Pancho Villa, like, a laundromat. I mean, it's everything. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't trying to be hidden, like, out of public's eye. Like, it was very public to where, like, there's all these. And I wonder why that spot, like, I don't know if somebody lived there, if he was trying to go well, see what if, somebody. What if, and I was thinking in my head, too. Like, what if he was actually trying to go towards Mexico and realize, oh, shoot, I have a gun in my car. You know, when you can't cross Mexico with, with uh, firearms in your car. Or else, like, Maybe. So. I, it, it was it, just a very odd street to turn on to do that. It really is. Uh, and it's just like, wow, it's just a crazy story. And just that, that weekend alone, like in South Bay, you had all these shootings. El Cajon had one. Otay Ranch had one. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, wow. It was a busy week. It really is bizarre. Weekend. <laughs> no matter. I mean, I'm not condoning an extramarital affair, but it should never end the way this one did. It's always a tragedy when it goes too far and it costs someone or someone's their life. And I think that this is an example of how weapons in the wrong hands and high emotions can definitely turn fatal really fast. I totally agree. Yeah. Not to mention if they had been out drinking, there was probably alcohol involved, which did not help the situation. That's just an assumption. There's no reports confirming that, but it just, if they were out in downtown late at night, kind of makes sense. No, we're definitely going to keep track of this one. Um, I don't like, think there's going to be much more coming out of this. There's no more answers to find. They're both gone. They're both gone, but I still want to like know what the status of the relationship. Like, did the wife agree to where? Like, was it a trouble? Was yeah, it like but a if she has to pick up her life and keep moving on, I think at some point we have to draw those privacy boundaries. And like, if she ever decides to come forward and speak about it, but I don't see her coming forward to want more attention on her. Than what's already there. So many questions. What do you guys think? I mean, there's so <laughs> many options on the table, and it is true. We're never going to know the answers. Yeah. But, but regardless, that is the point of us doing this podcast is to show that it can happen to literally anybody your neighbor, the person you saw at the store yesterday. Like these things happen all around us, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. And, it doesn't matter what kind of, you know, we've done stories where it's rich areas like La Jolla, you know, Script Ranch or those kind of places. And it also happens in high poverty areas, you know, like Barrio Logan, the, the ghettos, yeah. the, you know. I am really proud of the neighbors for calling once he saw it escalating. And that is, I guess, the perk of living nearby so many people and like sharing walls is that people aren't afraid to call for help. They see something, they say something, and that that honestly, if police had responded a little sooner or if neighbors had called when the fight started, we could have been having a completely different discussion. But the fact that they picked up the phone and called as soon as they sensed something was wrong and the fact that the wife knew to go find security 
lets you know that it was escalating really quickly. Rest in peace, James Ernest Miller. And uh, let's know what you guys think. And Robert Morris. And Robert Morris, yeah, because... It's still an untimely death, no matter how you want to look at it. Now we've reached the end of our episode, and we have our SBS. Small Business Spotlight. So this business that I want to talk about, um, I never knew that these people, this business, was so close to home. Um, Like I said, I grew up in Oceanside, and as of late, I've been exploring more into, like, sushi and, like, seafood and stuff like that, which I'm still, like, venturing to because I don't really like fish. But I'll do, like, shrimp and salmon and tuna now. And Angie loves sushi. That's, like, her go-to. That's, like, her... Obsessed. That's, like, her, like, fifth love language or something. It really is. Anyways, um, so I'm talking about Gogo Japan, and it is amazing like this is like a little small mom and pop shop that's family owned like they literally have been here for like over 20 years in oceanside and i had no idea and i literally would walk by it because i would go to like say chipotle or like jersey mike's or yeah or panda one Express. of the chain places yeah or even mcdonald's and i would just kind of skip over it but then my son was like it was a you know father son date and he's all like hey let's go check this place out I'm like, you sure? You don't like that kind of food. You don't like sushi. And I was like, all right, let's go check it out. And we were blown away. And I told Angie, I was like, hey, listen, we got to go here. Which we ended up going so I could try it myself. And the service was exceptional. You felt like you were literally part of the family. They were so attentive. They were giving recommendations. Um, They were just so happy to like serve and help and have you there. Um, It was great. It was very, very busy, and there was a little bit of wait time. But honestly, with the service and the food quality, I would did not mind waiting for one bit. It was completely worth it. Yeah, like we uh, we went on a Friday evening, and this place is it's it's small enough where like there's about like a, more than a dozen tables, but then they also have like a sushi bar. Yeah, and all the tables were taken up, and the only place that was available was a sushi bar, and there was three of us, and they sat us there. And the chef was right on the other side. He's like, hey, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And we were waiting. And um, the wait staff was working tirelessly. And then the chef just decides, here, try this. And it was a cucumber avocado sushi roll. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. Like, you would not think that something so basic would taste so good oh no yeah all their food was delicious <laughs> again the quality yeah. the tension everything was there definitely can't wait to go back so go try go go japan sushi bento in oceanside uh their address is 4121 oceanside boulevard and they are open uh seven days a week <laughs> from 11 30 to 9 and then 10 on the weekends and Oh my gosh, you would be blown away. Inside is like the aesthetic inside look is like completely Japanese. Like I love it. So yeah. So let us know if you go try it out. Make sure you tag us on any of the small businesses that you go and support. And make sure you listen in every Monday for your next dose of Where in the World is Crime in San Diego. Till then, catch us on the next case.
And in case we don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Tell me where in the world is crying in San Diego. Hey,